Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Before we dive into this episode, I had to tell you about something special that I'm doing for the holiday season. I know that sometimes it can be hard to rest and find some routine during the hustle and bustle of this busy time of year. I also know that it can be tough to find a good gift for your friends. You want something to wrap and to give to your best girls, but you're probably already spending a lot on family gifts, travel, and more. So it'd be best if you could keep it under 20 bucks, right? But you and I both know your friend probably doesn't need another candle or bottle of lotion. You know what else makes a great gift? A book. So here's what I'm offering. If you buy at least one copy of my best-selling book, Own Your Everyday, between now and December 31st, either as a gift to yourself or as a gift to your friends, you'll receive free access to my new Own Your Everyday mini course. Inside, you'll learn my exclusive step-by-step strategy to creating a beautiful, manageable, productive calendar structure each and every week. Instead of having one big running to-do list that you probably never finish, this program will show you my exact system of color-coding my time blocks, crushing big daily goals, planning out my weekly meals without an ounce of headache, and so much more, all in less than an hour before you start your week. Say goodbye to the Sunday scaries and say hello to a manageable, practical, beautiful weekly structure that's actually fun to follow and that you can set up in less than an hour. This course will be available to purchase after New Year's Day for around $50, but it's yours free when you order or pick up a copy of Own Your Everyday between now and December 31st from your favorite retailer. And hey, I hear it's on discount at Target and Amazon too. Here's how it works. After purchasing your copy, simply upload a photo or screenshot of your receipt to jordanleedooley.com slash holiday special to get instant access to the Own Your Everyday Crush Your Calendar course. I can't wait to see pictures of how you're owning your everyday in 2020. Just grab your copy of the book, upload your receipt to jordanleedooley.com slash holiday special, and I'll see you inside. Let's talk about goal setting right? We hear about goal setting. I feel like everywhere we turn now, everybody on Instagram is hashtagging goals. And we have about a million goal setting planners all over Pinterest and Target shopping aisles. If you go down their stationary aisle, you know, I feel like we talk a lot about goals and we all have these ideas of what we might like to do and maybe even some really big goals that we're chasing. And it's almost like a buzzword right now in so many ways. But I think on the flip side of that, I think sometimes it can be a little overwhelming or even a little frustrating when we feel like we're not achieving our goals in the timeline that we would like, or when those goals seem so out of reach, or maybe we wonder, did I even pick the right thing to pursue? Like, did I pick the right goal? Like, I'm clearly not succeeding at it. Should I have left that for someone else, right? So today I brought on my friend, Laura Casey. She's 
she is so full of wisdom. She's actually been very pivotal in my life and my career. But just to give you a little background on who Laura is, I call her like the goal expert. She has such a healthy and balanced and wise approach towards not only setting goals, but also achieving goals and, uh, you know, allowing them to become like a very integral part of our life without it feeling like this overwhelming thing. And so Laura is a mom to three. She's a wife and she's a believer in the impossible. She's also a two-time author, the creator of Power Sheets Intentional Goal Planner, and founder and CEO of Cultivate What Matters. She's an expert in grace-filled goal setting, which I love that phrase, grace-filled goal setting. Like, yes, please give me more of that. And she loves to teach others based on what she's learned along her rather untraditional path. Uh, Laura has quite the background, uh, and you'll hear about that in this episode and in this conversation today. But we're really talking about cultivating what matters. We're kind of coming into the end of the year and it can be really, really easy to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle and the pressure and the, uh, you know, that that need to prove, that need to achieve, that need to get that last holiday sale, that need to, you know, have something going on. And I, I think what I love about Laura is that she brings this very balanced approach of like, hey, we're going to do things, we're going to achieve, but we're also going to learn how to be present in our lives and cultivate the things that matter most to pour our energy and our time and our heart into what really is a priority versus what might be a distraction. And so in a time, that is so busy in many of our lives as we wrap up our year-end, you know, uh, calendars, whether that's in business or our career or schedules and all of those things and kind of lean into what's supposed to be restful, but often a very stressful uh, time of the year where we're running around like crazy and finishing up all the things and getting gifts and decorating and traveling and everything. Uh, I, I just think this is a very refreshing episode, but also brings a ton of wisdom, tools, uh, takeaways, a lot to really apply to your life. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the one and only Laura Casey. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to this conversation. I am so thrilled to be chatting with you. It feels funny to like I say welcome to a conversation. <laughs> but hey, you know what though? Sometimes you just need to ease into some deep talk. And so yes. I'm really excited to do that with you. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. And I have to share the the brief story because I don't know if you remember. Do you remember how we got connected? Do you oh yeah, okay. I do. I do. Tell the story. I want to tell the story because this is, this, there's something, there's a reason I want to tell this story, but I remember we first got connected. I had started an Etsy store and then about a year after starting that Etsy store, I had also started blogging alongside of that Etsy store and sharing kind of my heart and my faith and things that I was learning. And never really saw myself as a writer, although it makes complete sense. I would write short stories as a kid, but I had been writing more and sharing content online and just learning to navigate. I feel like in that season, we were all kind of like, what is Instagram? How does that work for our businesses? What are we doing? You know? Um, And so I was kind of like navigating the very like early days of that with the Valencia filter. And um, I remember... The Valencia filter. You just took it way back. (laughs) Well, I mean, that was like what I was using to edit my photos at that time. Um, But, you know, I remember I was... So what happened? was I had gotten into a season where I was like, okay, I think I need to pull back from doing the Etsy store a little bit because it's like a lot of inventory. I'm moving into a new season of life. I was preparing to get married and moving a lot. And so I remember I was Googling how to be a fashion blogger because that was like kind of the hip new thing. That was like what people were starting to do. Cause I'm like, how am I going to monetize this? Like, what am I going to do? And I remember 
it literally, when I was Googling that, I got this email and it was from this woman named Laura, which I knew because I like stalked all of the like accomplished authors and people who were doing things online. And I was like, oh my gosh, this lady just emailed me and (laughs) you encouraged me. Like you said, I just seen what you're writing and keep going, you know, cheering you on. And I remember that was so much affirmation of like, hmm, maybe I should take this writing thing a little bit more seriously and see kind of where Mm -hmm. that leads. And it kind of encouraged me to stick with that path a little bit longer before just jumping ship and doing something else, which I've still done many times over the years from photography to many other things. But it really kind of it emphasized to me the importance of keeping the common thread of developing my voice and writing and mm. putting out what important content into the world and meaningful content into the world. And so I remember feeling so encouraged by that. And I was like, how the heck does this woman even know who I am? Like, <laughs> I remember thinking that. So it was just <laughs> such a cool experience for me as in those kind of when I was trying to formative, like formulate what is it that I'm going to do. And that really led to so many opportunities for me, even just that email and you connecting me like or connecting with me eventually like open my eyes to opportunities to write books and do other things and so I always credit like so much of what I've been able to do to you almost just choosing to share that message and encouraging me to kind of keep on and it's like wow five years later look where it's led it's so crazy to me so wow praise the lord I remember very clearly um stumbling on your Instagram account through a friend and thinking, wow, this young woman, she is doing so much good for the kingdom and mm-hmm. using her gifts and using her art. And you know, that the internet world has flown so fast since that Valencia filter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I just remember seeing it and I felt the Holy Spirit nudge to reach out to you and email you. So praise the Lord. That is so encouraging to hear. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear yeah. all of that. Well, I share that story a, because I think you're awesome, but B because I want women to hear like whatever age. Cause I think it's so neat. We have such a variety of, of women in different seasons of life and different ages listening to the show. And if, you know, for the women who are looking at, you know, younger women up and coming or whether it's in their company or in their space online or whatever it is, like the willingness to reach out and encourage can really change the trajectory of someone's life rather than kind of like, you weren't like, oh my gosh, she's like coming into my space. You were like, oh my gosh, how can I empower you? And I think that was such a lesson for me in those early, in that early season of me kind of learning the ropes of this whole thing. I think we all were, Mm -hmm. but in my mind, I didn't know that. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, this is what it should be. And I think sometimes you don't really experience that in the world. And so just a piece of uh, encouragement and a little butt kick to anyone out there who may feel like not even threatened, but may just not necessarily think to say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to act on this. And I'm going to encourage this person who's, you know, putting themselves out there or trying or coming up in my company Mm. or behind me a couple couple years or whatever, you know, it just it really can make a difference. And that's that's ultimately what matters. And, you know, it, it just makes me respect you so much. And I think we need to be encouraging women to do that more. So uh, you were just such a great example of that. And I had to share that story to begin with because it's important. Well, (laughs) I'm double encouraged on my end to keep doing that myself. It's easy to lose sight of that and easy to get in our little narrow bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, But wow, words really do have power. And I know you know that very well. Like words have power when they come out of our mouths, they Mm. can either tear someone down or they can build someone up in his direction. Mm. And that gives me a little fire under my butt too, to keep on keeping on. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear because it was so encouraging to me and it's cool to see how it's just led to so many things. So, um, but anyways, I love that. And I wanted to thank you, but also encourage everyone else. And in this kind of conversation, as we're talking about encouraging one another and empowering one another, I also, what I love about what you do is that you are really giving, at least from what, you know, the way I describe it probably isn't how you describe it, but I always feel like when I think of Laura Casey, I think of giving women tools to succeed in a balanced and healthy way. 
way. And mm. I think we need more women doing that. And I love that you're doing it. And I feel like there's almost this tension of a middle ground in some ways when it comes to that type of thing. And I don't know if you've experienced yeah. this, but I've really yeah. felt like I'm running in this lane that's kind of between the like uh, hustle culture, the like, go get it, get after it, don't stop till you get to the top kind of mentality of achievement. And then also kind of this rest and um, savor and be intentional and be present and kind of like in the midst of those two things. So I love that. I feel like you bring a very balanced approach where you're giving women permission to have goals, to have Mm. dreams, to go after things and not feel ashamed of that. Because I think I have found, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have found sometimes in, in the church world, I have felt like almost shame for my ambition or shame for the dreams like oh my gosh I shouldn't want something more you know or I shouldn't even like talk about that because it makes me seem like I'm not humble or whatever the like complex lie is but then on the flip side I think there can also be that um that lack of, or that almost over ambition too. And so I, I feel like you bring a very balanced approach to that, but I, I thought I'd just ask you to speak into that kind of tension space or that mm-hmm. middle space and how do you create and cultivate kind of a more balanced and healthy approach on both, you know, with, with both of these spectrums, if you will. Yeah. I love that you brought this up because I have been in both extremes and I do think both of them are extremes. Like one mm-hmm. is the, I'm going to not uh, be obedient to God's call on my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to step back and play really small. And Mm -hmm. what it really is, is fear, fear that God won't show up in the things that he's asked me to do, or fear that, um, humility will be too hard in what he's asked me to do all kinds of things. Right. And then of course there's the other extreme, which I really know well, which is working way too hard to try to, um, be more and do more so that I won't feel like I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the the real of it is, Mm -hmm. uh, there were so many years of my life, especially when I first started my business where my faith was just like, Ooh, like Mm. barely a burning ember. Mm. And, uh, I really was trying to find my worth in my work Mm. and whether it's a a work or, you know, a vocation or motherhood or whatever Mm. it is, we can find ourselves, trying to do so much to be able to prove ourselves Mm. or, you know, I'm not saying anything that anybody hasn't felt before. Yeah. But the way that I found the middle ground was God forced me there. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Uh, For real, for real. I think that we probably all felt that too, that we feel like, wow, I have completely burned myself out trying to rise to the standard that I'm never going to achieve. There's got to be a different way to do this, right? There's got to be another way. And I think what we want as women is we want a formula. We want um, God to say, here's the level at which you're supposed to do life for the rest of your life. And that's not what he wants. He wants us to want him. And if, if he did give us this like one size fits all you must hustle or you must rest or here's when you're supposed to rest and here's when you're supposed to work hard. We wouldn't need him. We would edge Mm -hmm. out God. So the reason I say God forced me there is because I went through so many difficult seasons in my life where I, um, I was really just trying to push so hard in my work or even in motherhood Mm -hmm. or even in my marriage or even in trying to be just a good Christian Mm -hmm. And then I finally came to the point where I realized, wow, Lord, you're just really trying to get me to let go um, mm-hmm. and be obedient in those steps. So how to speak into it? I can't give everybody a formula. Yeah. Um, all I can say is him. He is the actual answer to all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing. It's a hard thing. And yet it's the best thing. Yeah. Like every time I wake up in the morning and I, and like this morning, here we are, you and I chatting um, during a very busy work week for me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and this morning I woke up feeling anxious about that. Hmm. And then the next thought was, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this anxiousness? You want me to want you Hmm. not a perfect week. You don't want me to want my to-do list checked off. You just want me to want you. So yeah, that's good. That's my uh, non one size fits all answer to <laughs> well, <I think laughs> getting it's a, to the middle ground. Yeah. Well, I think it's such it's a simple but difficult uh, perspective and truth in many ways. Um, and I say simple but difficult because it's really not complex, but it's difficult to I think that sometimes what our brain wants is like you said, a method, a formula, a step by step. And sometimes there isn't really a perfect step by step. I was actually talking with a, a friend of ours this weekend. We had like our first restful getaway in I don't know how many months. And um, we were talking with a friend and he basically said he's like, I forgot who he was quoting. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. But he basically was like, I think maybe it was Martin Luther. I don't know. But basically it was like, I have so much to do today. So I need to spend the first hour or the first three hours yes. with God. And absolutely. I'm like, oh my gosh, that. that literally stresses me out to think about, but okay. Um, <laughs> but it's true. And I love that he said it that way. And then he also, in the same conversation, and it's just so fresh in my mind that it really relates to what we're talking about. He also talked about... Um, this visual of how sometimes when you're drowning, right? Like when you are drowning in your own efforts and it's not, you know, paying off or you're not seeing the fruit of it or you're just overworked or whatever, basically what you're doing is you're trying to hold on to these things that feel like a foundation, right? Like the success of a launch or the financial like stability or the Mm -hmm. reputation in in the community or online or all of these different spaces that we're basically trying to maintain and these plates we're trying to spin. And he related it to drowning. And he said, you know, I remember he was giving us an example from a year prior in his life. And he said, I was just trying to like, keep all these things afloat and then one thing crashed and then the next thing crashed and I just felt like I was drowning and drowning and drowning and trying not to drown and he goes and I got to a point where I was like you know what I'm done I'm done like my my, my marriage is over this is over this is like almost just kind of like let it go in that not giving up but almost kind of surrendering to the chaos and surrendering to like I can't do this on my own and he was like that was like when everything snapped and like started to change he's like we try to fight drowning and sometimes it's like the second we allow ourselves to stop trying to drown and he, he compared it he's like think about a lifeguard you know if there's someone drowning you know, and they see someone out in the ocean flailing around and drowning. They like he gave this visual of a story of someone who just watched somebody who could easily save him, but waited till he stopped flailing long enough to then sprint out there and grab him. Because if he's drowning, he's going to basically pull you both down. Right. And so, yeah, it was just a really interesting visual to say, like, sometimes you have to, like, let go. <laughs> and we fight so hard to yes. not drown that we actually exhaust ourselves. Oh, and yeah. Pull down everyone. Totally agree. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I just makes me think of a, a time where I wanted to quit my business. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, we, I was also, um, for 10 years, I was the editor in chief of Southern Weddings Magazine. So I had Southern Weddings. And then my current business is Cultivate What Matters. And both of these businesses were growing rapidly at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I had a baby. And then six months later, we adopted a child. Mm-hmm. And so I had two newborns within the span of six wow. months. And trying to run a business that was in my home also. And 10 employees. And I'm saying all these things, but I think we all have a list of overwhelm that we've experienced no matter what, you know, what it is. Uh, And I got to this point where I just thought to myself, I can't do all this. Like I physically cannot nurse two kids and run a business at the same time and do Mm -hmm. taxes and somehow take a shower. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't do all this stuff. Um, and, uh, I remember, uh, just having a lot of, um, really difficult conversations with God and my husband about it Mm. and just actually coming to the point where I thought maybe I should just quit. 
Like Mm. I'm clearly not going to give up my children. So the next logical answer seems to be give up the business. And one night I said to my husband, Ari, I said, Ari, I just don't know what to do. I was crying to him. And he looked at me and I I thought for sure he was going to say, yes, of course you should give up your business because I don't want you to be sad anymore. And he said, Laura, I don't think that God wants you to give up just yet. Hmm. Just keep, keep asking him. And so the next morning I was in my living room. It was a rare time when there was no one in the house. And uh, I got down on my knees, which is, you know, a very like intense position of humility. Mm -hmm. I just felt it at that moment. I was like, I just need to be on the earth. Yeah with you, God. And I'm just going to beg you once more, as I have for the last few months, just please tell me what you want me to do. Hmm. And I, in that moment, I just distinctly remember him telling me, don't give up, help women to cultivate what matters in the middle of the mess, not on some faraway day when they feel like they have it all together, but like right smack in the middle of the dirt. Hmm. Um, and I, I, that, there's that quote that we often hear and it just, everything you just said made me think of this. Um, she believed she could. And so she did. Hmm. And that's kind of like the way we run a lot, right? (laughs) Like I can do this. I got this. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I realized in that moment, a deeper truth, which is God did want me to quit something. He wanted me to quit relying on my own strength. And those words flipped for me. And instead of she believed she could, and so she did, I thought to myself, she believes she couldn't. And so God did. Hmm. Um, Hmm. And that is the middle ground. That's where, like, the story I was thinking of in my head as we were talking earlier, that's that moment of, I physically can't do this. Yeah. It seems logical that I should do X, Y, Z. Lord, you have a better plan. And I'm so grateful that I didn't give up. Yeah. I love that too, because again, it's, it's the willingness to kind of surrender, trying to do it all by yourself and that willingness to ask for help beyond what we can even comprehend beyond just like asking an assistant for help. Although that's a huge thing. It's also like, God, you're going to have to do this. And, and I think my husband made it, he said this uh, several years ago when he, I think it was when he signed with an NFL team. And he basically said, like, this doesn't really make sense the way that it worked out because it was way after he had graduated. Most people signed with an NFL team, like right after they finished school, you know, and it was like a year later and kind of out of the blue. And he's like, "Okay, this is just evidence like God does things in such a way and makes things happen in such a way that no one else but him can get the credit. Like, that is so true. You know, he's like, this literally <laughs> yeah. doesn't make sense, you know? And he's like, yeah. I'm glad, but, it, and I'm thankful, but it's just one of the things he's like, I couldn't have like orchestrated that myself. Like it really yeah. doesn't, he like doors will open and things will fall into place in ways. And th- that's what I was just saying off air when we were talking, I was saying like, I think I've just had this realization because I think we can overexert ourselves and exhaust ourselves to the point where at least in my own Mm. life, I've shared this many times now, but I think for a while I was, I'm such an achiever. I don't know if you are like this, but it sounds like we are similar in this way, but I'm such an achiever. I'm such an accomplisher. I'm such a like, let's, you know, slay the dragon kind of person um, Mm. that I had even done that in my faith. Like you had mentioned, like trying to be this, like propping yourself up as this type of believer. And um, it literally sucked my faith dry. I was like, wait, I don't even know if I believe this anymore like am I doing this for other people am I doing this for my reputation like why am I even doing this you know and totally it became like a job and not a joy and I think Mm. that's something really important to think about is is what I'm doing you know obviously work is work right and there are jobs obviously um but I think especially when it comes to those intimate areas of your life is is it is the job taking away the joy of it? And then if, if so, how do I adjust the job to surrender some of what I believe is completely dependent on me? Um, and that's a very 
challenging place to be in but I love yeah. that you said you know it's not like it's just like you're giving up it's not like okay I'm just throwing in the towel it's what adjustments do I need to make to maybe the way I'm going about this or the why I'm going about this right and and maybe mm-hmm. shifting some of those pieces and so that's what I love about what you just shared is kind of saying I'm going to kind of adjust this statement or this frame of mind not to say that I'm not going to do anything but to actually have right. a deeper truth that's guiding my choices here and so I think that can be sometimes the temptation to just give up and I mean I'm sharing that because from my own place, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and I kind of did pull back. And and what I found was it's not that I should quit all that I'm doing, but maybe there's chapters or seasons or things that need to come to a close so new things can grow. So I've been holding Uh, on to this like statement of what can I let go and what do I need to grow? And that kind of sounds like cultivate what matters. And I want you to like expand (laughs) a little bit on on what that means. Like what does it mean to cultivate what matters and what does that look like without giving up, but also maybe not with, but not also giving into our own uh, like craziness. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it does. It makes sense. Uh, My husband and I were just talking about that this morning because as you and I are chatting, it's um, the Jewish holiday of Sukkot, which Mm -hmm. is a harvest holiday right now. And Mm -hmm. this whole week, it's it's so beautiful. I love following the Jewish holidays and seeing that we've just gone through this period of atonement in their calendar and uh, Yom Kippur. And then we move into this time where God says, and I think it's Leviticus, he says, just take this time to celebrate. Like this is the, the harvest. The harvest is hard work. The harvest is saying, God, you did this. Um, and we're going to reap the rewards of that because of your faithfulness. And, um, and we were just talking this morning about what it means to cultivate. And so to cultivate literally means to break up the soil, means to break up the soil and prepare it for new growth. Mm. And that word, uh, man has so many, uh, rich implications on our faith. That that season for me that I described to you, um, that was a time when God was cultivating my heart, and He continues to. Right, we don't never really arrive at that place where we are. We have perfect soil out there in our yeah. gardens. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, but he, I kill exactly, all the plants I have, so I have a lot of cultivating <laughs> to do. <laughs> hey, you you can you can become a gardener. It's okay. Um, but uh, I think what you said was so right on that the way that we learn to truly cultivate what matters, meaning. Uh, break up the lies that we tell ourselves, break up the um, false perceptions we have of who God says we are, break up all the stuff that's basically not him and give him this soil of our souls to do what he wills with uh, is knowing that we were created for seasons, like you said. Hmm. And uh, I think that was a big aha moment for me in that season I described to you was I felt like I had to have a plan, Mm -hmm. I had to have goals, and I had to have those for the rest of my life. And I couldn't change them. (laughs) You know, I feel like we come out the gate on January 1st and we say, all right, I've set my goals. Mm -hmm. I have my direction. And then about, you know, a few days and or weeks or months later, we start to get itchy. We start to feel like something needs to change. And it's because that's just the way God wired us. Mm. Like he says so much in his word. He talks about seasons. Um, and I think something that's very helpful is to know that maybe there is something in your life that you are going to do. Maybe it's, you know, like you've talked about writing a book or um, mm. a larger project or opening a business or some big thing that takes a lot of exertion and energy. But maybe it's not right for right now. Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's another season ahead and what you're going through at this moment is preparing you for that season ahead. And so that season of 
him leading me literally to the earth, to the ground and, you know, getting on my knees and just feeling like I uh, couldn't do it all. And I really needed his help and just my hands open. That led me to a season later on. I was prepared for a season later on where we would say a really hard no to Southern weddings. And we retired Southern weddings last year. Mm. Um, and it was just because of that little seed that was planted in that season of I can't do it all and do it well, but I can choose to cultivate what matters. And so yeah. for me, one of those things he led me into was giving up this thing that was very good and was growing and producing good fruit for him. And yet he said, I have something better for you. Mm. I want you to meet women in not just a marrying stage of life, I want you to meet them in all stages of life. Hmm. And that's where we are right now with hmm. our business cultivate. I love it. And I think in that say I can relate to that in so many ways. And um, I, I love what you said about seasons too, because I think there are seasons of starting. I think there's seasons of stewarding and I think there's seasons of setting down and, Ooh, um, good. you know, I, the setting down one doesn't always feel very good. Cause I think sometimes we equate that with like quitting, but I think when we can do it in such a way that's wise, like you said, this was something that was like you originally thought, oh, I'm just going to quit now. When in reality, had you steward it several years more, right? Until it yeah. was time to set it down. Yep. And I have a very similar story with that. Sometimes where you start isn't necessarily where you end. And I think sometimes we can feel like, well, if I'm feeling that call to let it go, whether that's for a season or forever, you know, I think sometimes there's times mm. God has to set things down and then pick them back up in the right seasons. Um, yeah. And that's something I've very much experienced in my life and had to learn to kind of embrace. But sometimes you'll get that glimpse of like, okay, something needs to change. And that might not actually change for two years, right? Or three years. Yeah. And I mean, that was, I, I can relate to that in many ways myself. So I love that you shared that because I think we often hear, you know, kind of like what we were talking about, that hustle culture, that grind culture, that go, go, go. And I think what I've come to realize, and maybe you can speak into this as well, but I think there's a season to dream. I think there's a season to hustle. Mm. Um, and I think there's a season to slow down and, or yes. to at least have like allow others to help cultivate the dreams that you started when you, like you said, getting yeah. into that season of motherhood and needing help and those types of things. Um, and that's really been one, one thing Matt and I have talked a lot about. We feel like the last couple of years, the last several years of being married have been kind of hustle season. Like, okay, we're building our foundation. We're building our businesses and our different business arms. And we're setting things down to better steward some other things. And we're kind of in that season of just creating and building and establishing. But now we've kind of come to this place where we're like, okay, now I feel like there's this new chapter and there's this like kind of a lot of it has settled. And so there's kind of yeah. that season of like the sowing versus the reaping, kind of like the same thing you're yeah. talking about. And yep. it's just interesting to look at it in that way, because we're often told like there it's, I feel like there's never really that rhythmic, uh, that there's, I feel like we don't hear about the rhythmic element of what we were mm. created to do in so many areas. And I always have to remind myself of that because otherwise I go on full speed at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's so true that um, not only do we see this in scripture, but like neuroscience proves it that we were created for 90 day windows that mm. our brains can actually only focus on one project or something long form like a goal mm. for 90 days before we need a reset. And uh, that is something that obviously we see in the seasons too. Yeah. You know, it's like those two things combined. Okay, God. Interesting. <laughs> we hear you. Wow. Um, that's but, crazy. I yeah, didn't even really I, know that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so there's this magic of 90 day windows um, where we, we physically, physiologically, and I think spiritually need to come back to the Lord and say, okay, God, 
and I love how you put it, the laying down, because sometimes it means, okay, I've completed the work you gave me to do in this season. It doesn't mean that I'm quitting. It just means that it's come to completion Hmm. and it may not feel like it has a perfect bow on the end of it. For me, that's exactly what Southern weddings felt like. Hmm. We all felt like, you know, it was very bittersweet. We cried for like almost two years (laughs) Um, to let go of something that's so good. That's so part of your heart that even Mm -hmm. as a business was growing, but we just knew there's no way we can do both of these things Mm. and grow them. Well, Um, it just felt like, okay, actually we're not giving this up. And I remember distinctly the week that we were making our announcement, the Lord just putting it on my heart, Laura, you've actually completed the work I gave you to do. Hmm. It's okay to move forward now. Hmm. I have chills telling you that. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. It's just an amazing thing in the rhythm, like you said, the rhythm of 
uh, our years, the rhythm of our weeks, that we really do need that. And imagine if you were to go through, and I know you've done this, I've done this, probably all of us have done this. <laughs> if you were to go through two springs in a row, like mm. proverbial springs in a row of trying to grow, 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 mm. ooh, yeah. you get burned out, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And you need those seasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need a winter. <laughs> We need you know, a I'm like, give me some trail mix. I will be hibernating. No, 100%. It's so true. And I, I always forget that. And it's interesting. I just feel like that's so encouraging for me to hear because like, we, like I just said, I think sometimes when we have to let things go or set them down, it, it, we immediately like feel like, did I quit? Did I give up too soon? Did I not yeah, start it? feel like a failure. 100%. Right? But then it's like, I mean, I have yeah. had a very similar experience where the Lord was like, this is this is the chapter for this and you've completed that yep. and now I'm taking you to a new place. And if we don't cool. allow ourselves to shed that skin, we can't actually grow, right? And mm. but it can come with tension. I think it can come with opposition. I think it can come with tension. I think it can come with fear, um, with misunderstanding, fear of other people, you know, assuming you quit or whatever that fear is. Um yeah. but I think obedience is bigger than that specific outcome, but it's incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like Yes it ooh, is. Uh, so <laughs> yes it is. Growth does not feel good. I mean if you even think about a seed when I plant a seed in the ground before it sprouts, it actually has to let go of its outer shell. Hmm. So it's got this shell on it and it literally like I, I stick the seed in the dark in the earth. Yeah. That seed gets watered, you know, sunshine, all the things that you learn in first grade or whatever. And then, I haven't learned them um, yet. I kill every plant, like I said. It's cool. It's we cool. Listen up. You can do this. <laughs> I'm going to make you a gardener, Jordan. You can do this. Um, and that seed, it actually lets go of its outer shell and then presses through that darkness toward the light. And that mm. is so our faith mm. that in order for us to grow, we have to go through this really uncomfortable letting go of our outer shell mm. and going through the mess, going through the dirt and pressing towards his light. And then we get to bloom and then we get to grow. But it's not without, I love how you put it, this tension, this mm. uh, this really uncomfortableness, this thing that actually feels physically difficult. There's another um, neuroscience tidbit is that, in order for us to go through change, our brain has to rewrite its patterns. And so when we, again, for instance, if we're setting a goal or deciding to lay something down or whatever it may be, or going through a new season, um, it's going to physically feel uncomfortable. And when it does, now that you all know this, you know that when you feel that uncomfortableness, you can think to yourself, oh, this is just my brain rewriting its patterns. And I just need to keep on going. And maybe that one next step or that one next step after that will be the step that doesn't feel uncomfortable. Mm. And so when it feels uncomfortable, just celebrate because that's when you know you're changing. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love your quote that you have. I believe it's in Cultivate What Matters that says flowers, is it flowers or plants? Either way, it's flowers grow through Anything, dirt. Anything, yeah. Anything <laughs> grows through dirt. Like you have to yeah. push through the dirt. And basically what I translate that to is you got to go through some crap. Like, it's just like, you you've got to go through a mess. Like, I'm just going to say yes. it straight. But I love the way you say it because it's so true and you're much more eloquent with how you say it. But, you know, it's like, I think we want to avoid that. And I often equate it mm. to the Finding Nemo scene. Do you remember that? Like, I feel like oh, everyone's yes. a big second where it's like <laughs> yeah. Marlon and Dory are swimming in the deep blue and they come up to the school of fish and they're like, how uh -huh. do we get to where Sydney or wherever they're going? And they said, when you have to go this way, this way. And when you get to the trench, you need to go through it, not over it. And mm. they get to this deep, scary, dark trench. And what do they do? They look in there and they go, oh, yeah, no, that's scary. No, We're thank you. Over it. And they swim <laughs> over it and they end up getting stung by jellyfish. And how often mm. do we try to like kind of curb and go around the tension or the scary or the unknown or the dark or the free Yep. and 
the tension really of I don't really yeah. know what to expect I have to go blindly into this space almost you know I'm doing my best to plan but this is going to be a something I have to swim through or grow through to get to the other side but I think a lot of us like this I always equate it to being embarrassed meaning you know yeah. when I first when I first started speaking I was like afraid to mess up and then I crashed a concert walked out on stage in the middle of Christine DeMarco's set not realizing that they weren't done and totally embarrassed myself and I was like this was and I had to walk off stage and then I had to come back on it was the most awful thing but I got over my fear of speaking that day because I realized Mm. I went through the dark scary trench and I I did face the worst case scenario like the thing I was afraid of happening totally happened and now it's like (laughs) I'm not dead you know like it's just uncomfortable and all for our benefit now and you telling the story right yes exactly now I like get to humiliate myself every time I tell the story but you know it it, it did it it is like it's going through that tension and I love that you share that and that you have that you can relate it to gardening and the seasons that come with it and I, I think what's so powerful about what you do and why I wanted to ask about this and the way that you go about with Cultivate What Matters is that you actually give this very strong visual and you relate pretty much our lives and the way we grow as business owners, the way we grow as women, as wives, as moms, all of these roles that we play to gardening and to the season and Mm. to the cultivating. And so I always joke because my mom always comes over and she's like, yep, you killed the plant I gave you again. And I'm like, I know, (laughs) I know we're working on it. We travel too much. Okay. We travel. That's why, but you know, that's that's a good logical way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the excuse, but we'll get to that. Um, but that said, you know, I'm curious to just hear a little bit more about this cultivating and and gardening and and how that relates Mm -hmm. to goals, because you, your thing really with this power sheets, and I want you to share a little bit on power sheets, but goal setting, I think is really what I think of an intentional goal setting and healthy goal setting. Like you mentioned with the 90 day increments and whatnot. I really think of you when I think about that in a healthy way. Mm. And so can you just expand on how does goal setting relate to gardening? How does, and you touched on it a little bit, but tell me a little bit more about why goal setting, why is that kind of something that you've now developed products and tools for women to use so that they can cultivate what matters? Can you just dig into that a little bit and Mm -hmm. share a little bit more on that? Yeah, I will first say that I have just been enjoying uh, your little side notes about killing plants because I've so been there and it's really weird. I'm standing here in my office. I'm just kind of walking around talking to you here in my office and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six plants just in this one room and no seven. I missed one. Um, eight. Oh, there's one over there. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, it is, a testament to God's power because I have killed a lot of plants in my life. <laughs> and, and I, and again, if you're a plant killer out there and, you know, Jordan, you included, it doesn't mean that there's, you know, the same story has happened for you as it has for me. But for me, the reason why I killed a lot of plants, um, travel totally makes sense to me. But for me, it was, um, a neglect for growing things at all. Um, I was so addicted to instant gratification and so, um, uh, in a place of peril and turmoil Mm. several years ago, almost 10 years ago, um, deep, dark place in my marriage, long story there. But, um, I just wanted any sign of life to land on my desk and make me feel better for that day. So I remember buying an orchid for my desk at Trader Joe's or something Mm -hmm. and thinking, okay. And I didn't think this consciously, but subconsciously I was thinking, this is really pretty. This is going to make me feel like I have some hope for the day. And so I stuck that on my desk. And of course, two days later, it was bloomless. And that was almost uh, 11 years ago. 
And so it wasn't until God started to shake up my life and our marriage and start to bring our marriage back together that I walked into the bathroom where I had left that orchid to die. Mm. <laughs> and I had just left it in a corner because I was like, okay, I killed another thing. I'm just going to mm. leave it out of sight. I'm just not going to mess with it. Story of that my life. He gave me, right? No, I <laughs> I'm totally like, I feel so it. exposed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I completely get it. Um, that he gave me this very weird, seemingly out of nowhere desire to want to tend to things. Hmm. As he started to show me that it wasn't some huge effort that was going to save my marriage. In fact, it wasn't going to be any of my power that was going to do it, but it was going to be my daily decisions. And it was going to be me doing the things that he wanted me to do step by step, little by little that was going to start the healing process in that relationship because mm. goodness knows it was not going to happen overnight. Mm. Um, he started to make me want to do that with this little plant. And so little by little day by day, I would go and I stuck that plant up on the windowsill in the light finally, and I would water it little by little. And um, long story short is that orchid did come back to life. And in fact, it's sitting in my kitchen right now, blooming wow. here we are 11 years later. And it was, I mean, I have chills telling you that here many years later that, um, something snapped in me when I saw that flush of green and those leaves for the first time. And I thought, wow, little by little does add up. Hmm. And that's how God led me to goal setting. I sat at my desk one day and I thought I was very frustrated at my desk one day. I had just had a baby. My marriage had finally come back together by his grace. And I made a list of all the things that were important to me in my life. And I was very frustrated looking at this list thinking I could have made progress on these things if I just would have tended to them little by little, just like that plant, just like my marriage. Even if it was like once a month, you yeah. know, even yeah. if it was just, hey, Facebook page, haven't touched you in a while. Maybe I could touch you for like mm -hmm. once a month and that would be beneficial for people to hear the gospel or do something good with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that actually became what I called my tending list. Hmm. And, um, you know, traditional goal setting did not like it. I was a personal trainer for many years and saw as a whole nother story, but just saw how traditional goal setting was really filled with guilt and shame and didn't work for me. Um, we kind of set goals out of nowhere, you know, yeah. so I tried to come up with a different way to do it for myself that actually worked. And it started with that tending list. It started with the idea that this hypothesis that maybe little by little steps really could add up to big change. Mm. And um, that led me to create what I called the power sheets, which was really just a set of worksheets for myself. <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> I, thought, I, I need to know like what to put on this list of priorities. I need mm. to know like, how do I order these things? Like, have I done all the things I need to do to make this list? Um, and so I made myself a set of worksheets. I shared it with my team. I shared it with some friends. And again, very long story short, we ended up starting a shop back when there were no shops um, and putting these power sheets, these loose leaf worksheets out on the internet. And here now we are nine years later. And obviously the power sheets have changed a lot throughout the years. But the thing that stayed the same and the reason why I do this is because my, my life has been cultivated by, um, how do I say this? By seeing that traditional goal setting is just a lie. <laughs> it's, it just doesn't work because, um, it's really easy to set ourselves up for failure by saying that we have to do more and be more and 
uh, like do something that is way outside of the realm of possibility. It's a whole nother thing to look at the big picture and to look at where we want to be when we're 80 or 90 or a hundred years old and look at that big picture and say to ourselves, what's actually going to matter then? Hmm. And maybe it is something big. Maybe it is something that is outside of your comfort zone, but it's got to be connected to what actually matters in the big picture and what lasts. Hmm. And so there's your kind of long answer, but that is what led me to goal setting was my own life being <laughs> just kind of a, a, uh, a big mess for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, it's true. And I love your, your approach in that this is not meant to be, let's bite off more than we can chew only to be disappointed. This isn't meant to be, uh, this setting your setting yourself up for failure. I mean, that's why coming back to even what I was sharing about letting something go. So you know what needs to grow, like you have to identify what's what am I tending to and or what am I trying to grow. Mm. But that means that I'm gonna have to create some space because I think sometimes we forget we have capacity. Um, And I think we try to set these huge monstrous goals. And it sounds really awesome. um, But we don't actually have a strategy for setting goals that we can actually achieve little by little and taking, Mm -hmm. you know, I always say like big steps in life, like those big steps that really lead to that seem to lead to massive change, right? When we take that big, huge leap or whatever, it really is a series of small, tiny movements, like muscle movements that add up mm-hmm. into one big step. But if you actually break it down, it's actually very, a bunch of micro movements. If you really think about it. Yeah. And yeah. It's just... like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, I was, it's like you writing a book. It's like, mm. uh, I think of, I mean, even you're writing how the Lord was working in you and writing through soul scripts. And like you said, children's stories, someone might look at you and say, Oh, she wrote this amazing book and it just happened. But you know that it didn't just happen, right? Right. It's such a beautiful example of how he has refined you. He has changed you. He has grown your marriage and grown your faith and let you teach women and let you speak up to this point of being able to put the words down on paper. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened little by little. Hmm. 100%. It's, It's anything. And we, I think, can see so quickly or assume like you just shared oh, she just did that. Like, and and then we immediately, like you said, set ourselves up for failure thinking you just do something like that. Yeah. Whether it's a book <laughs> or a business or a, anything, yeah. a family, like that even takes time, you know? So yes. I, I think that perspective is so important. Um, one thing I want to ask you for like a, maybe a piece of advice or a tip on or an action step or something would be how does a woman who is pulled in many directions, wears a lot of hats, has a lot going on with her career, with her family, all of the above, how does she prioritize what matters and then actually make it happen? What would you say mm. is like one or two either tips or ways to kind of shift your perspective or, or action steps to take in order to actually know how to prioritize what matters and actually do it? Yeah, I, I think that there are, there are many ways to go. Again, not a one size fits all thing. But the first thing that I would do is to ask yourself that golden question of where do you want to be? when you're 80 years old. Hmm. And again, if you're listening and you're 80 already, where do you want to be when you're 90? (laughs) Where do you want to be when you're 100? (laughs) Um, But just really, where do you want to be in the big picture? I have to say, I have a hard time answering that. So I tend to answer the the opposite of it. Where do I not want to be? What's Hmm. not going to be important to me in the big picture? And I've asked that question of thousands of women over the years. Hmm. And the answers always circle around relationships. Hmm. typically people say the thing that's going to matter to them in the big picture is either leaving a legacy or 
uh, you know, building a relationship with someone or the way you made people feel or mm-hmm. how you um, led people to Christ or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's typically what's on people's lists. Now, the opposite, what's not on people's lists is I always hear, and you hear the typical things like social media or, or, you know, what people thought of me. These are really important things to define, though, because here's what happens. When you know a, even a little inkling of either what will or what will not matter to you in the big picture, it starts to help you to order your time right now. Mm. I think to myself, okay, if that's important to me in the big picture, why am I worried about X, Y, Z today? Like, what am I doing about it today? Hmm. So if you are sitting there and you've got tons of priorities on the table, I'll first debunk that word, which is the word priority got an S on it somewhere. And like, I forget 1984 or something Hmm. because our culture shifted and um, the working force shifted and we all had way more to do. And so that's really not even a word. (laughs) It, It means more than one, one thing. Hmm. Um, and so priority means the one thing. Hmm. And let me tell you, we do not like that word. (laughs) We want to have many things that we're allowed to focus on and certainly we can, but the way that um, you get to understand what the most important thing is, is by asking that question first. And then when you know what that number one, I would sacrifice anything for this thing is, then you can look at your list in front of you and say, okay, if that's what's important and I have 24 hours in a day, mm-hmm. something has to go. Because mm-hmm. you said it so well, Jordan, you, you mentioned that we add so much to our lives. Like mm-hmm. we're really good at adding, we're really bad at subtracting. Yeah. But I can't grow 50 different tomato plants in one little four by four spot in my garden because they'll suck the life out of each other. Yep. So there you go. You have to be willing to sacrifice something on your list. I'm telling you the hard thing, but that's just the truth. You can't do it all and do it well. Mm -hmm. And um, know what is most important to you. And it may not be the thing that's most important to you for all of your life, but at least know what's most important in this season. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And that is what I love that you shared coming back to the seasons piece. I think sometimes the idea of like picking one thing to focus, like I often, one of the biggest things I talk about is being multi-passionate because that is Um, multi-passionate multi-interested and even multi-talented I think is something a lot of women Mm. struggle with like I'm good at this and I'm good at this how do I pick you know or I like this and I like this how do I pick and I think sometimes we think we have to pick always and forever you know and in reality I think it's I've heard it described as like a medicine ball so have you heard about this? Like the, I don't remember no. where it came from, but a friend shared it with me. Basically it's this visual of, and I'm a football person having a football husband. So it totally resonated with me, but it's basically this visual of you're standing in an end zone of a football field. And the task is to carry 10 medicine balls to the other end zone. But what sometimes happens is we carry one and we drop it at like the 12 yard line. And then we go back yeah. and we pick up the next one and we drop it at like the 40 yard line. And then we come back and we pick up the next one and we never actually move any of them really fully across the field. So hmm. focusing wow. on one medicine ball at a time and carrying it all the way like you said with southern it's like the work is complete it's, it's time to set it down yeah. now i go back and pick up the next thing and I love that. a lot of us try to carry like two at a time and then one rolls off and then you know or whatever and so it's just that visual of it doesn't mean that not all 10 medicine like all 10 medicine balls are going to get across the field but it might happen over the course of time it's not going to happen all at once and we try to carry them all at once or try to expedite the process and do two or three at the same time or start one and then go back and start the other mm. and we're not actually making full progress and so that visual of what is, what is the one priority that I'm going to focus in on when it comes to my work 
in this season? What's the one thing yeah. I'm building in the next 90 days, aka carrying yep. that ball to the end of to the end zone? Then I'll come back and pick up the next one in the next season. You know, and it's I think that because yeah. I think sometimes when we hear priority, like you said, we don't like it. It sounds limiting. It sounds like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can only do one thing. How do I pick? I like all of these things. And it's not to say that you can never do the other things. It's just you can't do them all at once. <laughs> and yeah, just have yeah. visuals really help to me as someone who's like, I would like to do everything right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I am just like you. Yes. The multi-passionate thing, the multi-talented. I feel like we all have this mm-hmm. sense that there are many things that we want to and or should do in our lives with our talents. But I was just saying this to a good friend this week, almost exactly what you said, which is just because you are good at it does not mean you can have to do it. Right. Like you just don't. Yeah. And especially at the expense of everything else. Yes. When you think about what if I, the other thing is, I don't think we like that word because it's risky. Mm-hmm. If I were just to go back to the garden here for a second, if I were to only plant one tomato seed in that little box, what if it dies? Mm-hmm. You know, like what mm-hmm. if it doesn't actually grow? Mm-hmm. So that's where my inclination to plant a whole lot more in that box. And then they end up being spread thin happens. Yeah. Um, but that's where faith comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if God is really like nudging you to focus on one thing or to grow one thing and do it really well, it's going to be worth the risk. Even if it ends up failing, it's going to yeah. be way better than you spreading yourself thin across multiple different areas. So I 100% yeah. agree. I love that. And, and that's where the trust comes in. I mean, even when sometimes there's things that we have to entrust to other people to run with and, and steward and grow for us. I think in the same mm-hmm. way, like you said, with that's where the faith comes in. Sometimes you have to say, okay, I'm going to let go of this thing that I'm clinging so tightly to because I need the control or I think I need the control in order for it to grow. But instead to yeah. say, well, maybe it's time to pass it to pass the baton, you know, and in yes. trust that maybe yes. I don't have to be the one growing it, but that's not to say it can't grow, but I can't grow it as at the same time as these other things. And so yes. I think that's a really awesome visual. I love that. And so true. Okay. Well, this has been so life-giving for me as a very <laughs> um, busy human being. <laughs> I love that you shared so much of this wisdom and just visuals, I think is so helpful. Can you tell the listeners just where they can find you, where they can find power sheets, how they can, you know, start setting more intentional goals and using these tools that you've created? Yes, you can find me at lauracasey.com, but um, definitely get your 2020 power sheets at cultivatewhatmatters.com. And we have so many free resources too at um, that same website, Cultivate What Matters. Awesome. I love it so much. Okay, Laura, I have one last question before we go. I've been trying to ask guests this more. I often forget because my brain's everywhere, but I want to know, <laughs> as I feel like it really fits our conversation. So this is kind of how I want to close this out. How do you, what is one way that you own your everyday? Oh, uh, by making sure that I put my eyes and my heart and my everything where it needs to go first thing in the morning. So that means, um, I open my Bible app first thing in the morning and I have three kids. So they're my alarm clocks and it could be like crawling all over me, but I really fight for that instead of opening up email or, you know, doing anything else on my mm-hmm. phone. I gotta own my everyday by, uh, always clicking on the Bible up first Mm. and just letting scripture soak into me before the rest of the world does. Hmm, That's a good way to put it. I love it. Laura, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being on. It's been such an honor to chat with you and to just have a, you know, be connected with you and get to see all that you're doing, not only in your, in other women's lives, but also a living and, and breathing example of what it means to cultivate what matters to cheer other women on and to really live in that balance and, and be, 
an example to show us it is possible. So thanks for being mm. on. Well, it has been such a gift to see your journey and to see how you are doing that and passing so much good out into the world. So the, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking the screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.